All right, everybody, welcome to Remnant. How are we doing? How are we doing? Am I on? Thumbs up? Paul, what are you trying to say? Am I up? All right, am I up now? Okay. I've only been doing this for 15 years. I still can't operate the mic. How are we doing? Fantastic. God is good every day. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. My name is Frank, and I'm one of the pastors, and I'm glad you're here. And if you're new, I'd love to meet you. And I'm, I'm glad that God has brought us together for the next period of time, not only to worship and, and to do that in a, in a powerful way, but to worship by studying the Word of God. And we're in a series uh, called Bible 101, and we're in week 13 on September 13th, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, but we're learning how to read the Bible by studying the book of Colossians. Uh, and so we've been in this journey, and, and basically what we've been talking about is most of us, although we've been handed a Bible, uh, have never really been taught how to look at it, how to study it, how to understand it. And so together, we're going through some things that help us do that. And, and I think that if there's a single gift I could give you as a pastor, it's the ability to teach you how to open up God's Word and see and meet God in those pages. Now, it's funny because I always talk about opening up books. I, I don't really do that. Um, those of you that know me know that I am the human shredder. So if you give me something on paper that you want to disappear and never be found again, just give it to me. I'll get rid of it for you. I don't know how I do it, but I'm very effective at it. And so everything I do is electronic. Every note I take is on my phone. Every, uh, uh, everything I read, I, I want it electronically. When somebody recommends a book, I want it on Kindle. I don't carry paper because I don't do well with it. And then there's another thing you should know about me, and that is that I absolutely love gadgets. I am like over the top when it comes to gadgets. I love cool gadgets. Yes, he does. Particularly, I don't know what that voice is. Particularly, I love things like Sharper Image and Brookstone, and I like the latest gadgets in the spy movies. I love to watch what they do, and I'm like, man, I want to do that. I love my Android and my Surface Pro and my laptop, and I particularly love the applications. Aren't they cool? I mean, they got little pictures, and they're colorful, and they draw you in, and they, they're really cool icons, and they're so cool because every once in a while they update them, and you get new ones, and you're just like, wow, look at that. They're so cool. When I hear there's an app for that, my heart just leaps. If I could figure, I mean, even an app to time the amount of time you brush your teeth, I'm all in. Just give me an app that does something and my heart starts going crazy. I do almost everything electronically if I can do it. Don't deal with paper. Never really have. If it's available electronically, I have over 200 books on my Kindle. Over 200 books. I have over 75 books that are on my, uh, that, that are on my uh, audiobooks. I like to listen to audiobooks. I have over 75 audiobooks. My teaching library has 3,756 resources in it. All of them are electronic. I haven't read all of them, but I just have access to them. None of them on paper. Every one available on my laptop, my phone, my Surface Pro. That's so cool, isn't it? I mean, I just love this stuff. I love that I can go anywhere and I can pull up like a third century theologian in a language I can't even read. 
The only books I have on paper are the ones that are out in the lobby. I collect old Bibles. I collect ancient Bibles. I love the feel of those old Bibles. It takes me to a place I can't get to electronically. But I love, here's the other cool thing about these apps. They update. And they update almost every day. I mean, you get, when you hear there's an update for your app, do y'all read what's in the new update? Yeah, right? It's like, get, you don't read it? Oh. Okay, well, I'm the guy that reads that stuff. And I go, wow, that's really cool. That's updated. From now on, that'll always be that way. And I didn't have to do anything. I just had to be here and let it update. That's all I had to do. All I have to do is give it permission. The app says, do you want to update? I say, absolutely, I want to update. And then I can even tell it, look, don't bother me with that. When there's an update, you just celebrate it on the screen. I'll be there with you. You just go ahead and update it. Just go ahead. It's okay. Sometimes I'm sleeping. My apps get updated. New ones loaded, old versions taken away. It's incredible. Some are replaced by things that are completely new. I love that all I had to do is give permission and it just happens. All I have to do is make sure I have a solid connection. All I have to do is give my permission and voila, everything is new and up to date. I can give permission ahead of time. It just happens. If only I could be that cool. If, If only that could happen to me, right? I don't know where every day I just position myself and I give permission and I get updated every day where things about me that need to change begin to change, not because I decided to change, but because I just receive an update every day. Something new happens in me. The things I don't need, God deleted. And the things that I do need, He gives to me when I need them. And if there's an update I need, it just kind of happens. I give my permission. I allow myself to be scanned. I ask God, look at everything in me, everything about me, and bring me up to date. Replace the worn-out functions with new ones. Whatever needs to be done, just let it happen. Every time I wait for an app to be updated, I think about the Holy Spirit. How He's constantly updating me. I just find a hot spot, a solid connection, and everything gets renewed every day. I don't know how it happens. It just does. Each day, all of my faults and my failures and my mistakes and my sins can get a completely new update. I never step backwards. I'm always moving forward. I just acknowledge to God that those things need to be fixed, and I just let go, and it happens. I want to position myself to get updated every day and to be renewed. And I'm guessing that we all want to be like that to put ourselves in a position to hear from God, to know His desires and His heart, to find His hotspot, to make sure that we're connected to His network, downloading His apps, updating them, and being renewed every single day. I have friends who use their phones, and they never update any apps, Pastor Ed. And (laughs) they wonder why things don't work well. No matter how enthusiastic I become about the changes that are happening on my phone, I can't get them to put down their Palm Pilots. I can't get them to 
turn in their Blackberries and, and trust a completely new operating system that is full of wonder. It's better than anything we've ever seen. And they just don't see it. They want to keep the old operating system they've always had, even though it's not working. And they've had it for 30 years, and it hadn't worked for the last 28. Everything crashes, and eventually that antiquated smartphone dies. It just does. I once had a friend that was trying to use a brand new updated computer, and he kept trying to use it like he did the old one. He kept trying to make this new computer act like the old one that he knew. He wanted to bring all his old, familiar, comfortable programs, and he wanted the new stuff, but he wanted to keep the old stuff, and it just didn't work. I told him, eventually, you're going to have to put down that Commodore 64, and you're going to have to move forward into the 21st century. You've got to step out in faith. You see, there's a better operating system than the one you're using, but you'll never experience it unless you step out in faith and trust that it's better. You'll miss out on everything if you don't allow yourself to be updated, if you don't trust the new operating system. It turns out that the believers at Colossae were bringing their context into their walk with Christ. Jesus said, I got a whole new operating system. I got a whole new way of doing things. But they were like, no, no, we want to bring these old comfortable things that, that we want, and we want to mix that in with these new things that you're doing, and we think that'll work. Just like it's difficult to read the Bible when you have a skewed view, they were having a hard time because of their view, their perspective. They were trying to blend part of their old nature and their old desires and what used to work for them in the past, and they were trying to bring all that forward into Jesus' teaching. They were holding on to a lifestyle that didn't honor him, at the same time trying to follow him. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I want to follow you, Jesus, but I want to bring these things with me. You see, they're comfortable, and I've been using them for years. And No, they haven't worked, and yet, but they're mine, and I want to take them with me. Too many of us are trying to live our new lives in Christ, wanting all the things that Office 365 offers, but refusing to let go of Windows 95. We're holding on to what's familiar, what's comfortable. We refuse to allow the new operating system to actually function. And some people update to the new system and never use it. They update to a completely new operating system that has enormous potential to do things they never even dreamed about, and they never click the button because they never trust the new system. Almost all of our familiar apps need to be deleted. A new operating system needs to be installed. And then and only then do the programs that we truly need get updated every day. Then and only then do we develop the full potential of the relationship we've developed in Christ and the way he wants us to operate. Last week we learned what the believers from Colossae had been freed from. They were freed from the opinions and rulers and regulations of men. Remember, we talked about how Paul's preparing them for the false teachers. And he says, look, I want you to know the word. I want you to know the truth. I want you to be plugged in so that you'll be free when people come trying to tell you that you have to do it this way. 
that you need to be circumcised, that you have to follow the Jewish traditions, or that you have to submit to the intelligence and the, the findings of man. Paul's like, look, this is what I'm freeing you from. You can leave all that behind. You're new beings. You have a new operating system, and false teachers are telling them they, they, they shouldn't trust the, the new change. But God, through Paul, told the Colossians and to us that we've been set free from the expectations of others, that we have an audience of one. We talked about it last week. Now Paul's going to tell them what they've been set free for. Last week he said, this is what you've been set free from. Now he's going to start moving and he's going to say, look, you've been set free from all that stuff so that you could now be set free for this new thing. He's going to shift focus in the middle of this passage. Thus far, he's been warning us. It's been actually kind of negative. A lot of negative warnings. Don't do this. Don't let them do that. Don't believe this. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget what he's done. Don't forget what you've been freed from. Don't forget what, what you did, how you shared in his baptism. Don't forget who you are. Don't go backwards trying to please man. And Paul shifts here in the text and he begins to tell us, you've been set free for a reason. There's a reason why all this has started to happen. The tone in this passage shifts from a series of negative warnings to a series of positive encouragements. The passage outlines some vices that need to be addressed. The next passage that uh, we will look at Next week, we'll outline some virtues that we need to adopt. And Paul is transitioning us from understanding how we are to avoid versus understanding what we're to embrace. We're in Colossians 3, verse 1. I'm going to ask you to pull out your paper. For those who are new who don't know, in this series, I have basically outlined, this is a, every time I preach, I sit down and I write down the passage and then I start making notes. And this is basically the end result of that process. And I'm, I go through with a bookmark that we gave you, which reminds me I need to order more. Um, but what do I see? What are the lists? What are the repeats? What verb tenses? Those kind of things. So let me just walk through with you this passage. And I'm not going to ask you to basically understand all this at once. But I want you to see that how looking at this passage first helps us understand what I'm about to teach. Okay. So let me read the passage to you. Uh, the one on the paper is from the NIV, so I'll just read that one. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on a new self which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, 
No circumcised or uncircumcised, no barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and all is in all. That's our passage. Now, it always helps, I believe, to remember the context of where we've been. At the top right, you'll see that I put the previous verse says, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of the world, since you've been raised with Christ. Okay, so that's where we've been, and that's basically what we're moving forward. So he says, uh, following the right side of the page, since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above and your mind on things above. He tells us another list. Your life is hidden with Christ and in God. Meditating on that. My life is hidden. My life can't be seen. I don't exist. You just start processing these things. Since you died to earthly things, put to death, and he gives a list. Sins of passion, causes of the wrath of God. You once lived in those ways. Here's a list of rid yourself of. Anger, filthy language, slander. And then if you have a thought as you're going through, sometimes I'll write that down. Sins of passion have to be killed, but sins of anger are to be removed. That's interesting. Separating those two lists. One's the sins of passion. Other are sins of anger. Sins of passion, he doesn't say fix them. He says get rid of them. Destroy them. Over in the top left, contrast between you have died with Christ and you've been raised with Christ. And Christ is your life. There's a contrast between that which is hidden, your old self, and that which appears with you in Christ in glory. There's a contrast between old practices and new knowledge. Death versus being renewed. There's a metaphor here of taking off your old self, your old practices, and putting on your new self. And notice that it's past tense, taking off your old self. We're always being renewed. We're always in need of more renewal. The verb here is passive. We are not renewing ourselves, we are being renewed by God. Our renewal comes from being joined or hidden with Christ. There's a list of who we all are, Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised. And then in the center, I put down my initial thoughts, the thoughts I have after studying this passage, not for 10 minutes, but usually for several weeks. Christ is risen, reigning, renewing, and returning. Pastors love ours or anything that we can repeat over and over and over. New master, new perspective, new future, new values, new self. We are no longer of this world. Our focus should be where Jesus is. We've already taken off our old self and put on our new self, but we're being renewed daily. How does that look? Our renewal is continuous and through knowledge, not practices. In other words, the more we understand, the more we're renewed. No system of do's and don'ts can create the image of God in humans. We are being renewed in knowledge in the image of our Creator. The more we know Jesus, the more we become like Him. All are equal under Christ. He is all in all. And then the timeless truth that I believe in this passage that we can take forward forever is we're being renewed through our knowledge of Christ. That no matter what happens to us, it's always been true. The more we know about Christ, the more we're renewed. Okay, now that's just noticing what we see. I want to focus today on verse 9. Because that's where the transition starts to happen. Verse 9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. 
you could spend a large part of the next year on the last four words of that passage. Christ, well, actually it's more than four, it's six. Christ is all and in all. God's words are powerful. But notice the verb tense in this passage. Paul tells us that those who have died and risen with Christ, the followers of Jesus, we have changed, past tense, we are being renewed, present tense. We have taken off our old self, we have put on our new self. Those are both past tense, they've been done, they're completed. We have our new self, we have it. It's already done, it's given. We became new people through our decision to follow Jesus, we put on a new self. Also note that our new self is being renewed, and that happens present tense, being renewed. It's ongoing present tense. In other words, it's not that like you were in a way and you were renewed or you are being renewed today. This word means that you're being renewed every minute of the rest of your life. You are being renewed. It's ongoing. It never stops. We've put on our new self, but we're not complete yet. But notice also, we're not the ones doing this. Notice this is a passive verb. We're not renewing ourselves. We're not deciding to follow rules. We're not following religion. We haven't decided to be better people. We are being renewed, and it is God that is renewing us. Also notice how we're being renewed. We're being renewed in the knowledge and the image of our creator. Now, this is important. That knowledge word in the Greek is Gnosto, it's, it's, it means to know. Not just to understand, but to completely, totally know. Does that make sense? So we're being renewed not because we have head information about Jesus. We're being renewed because we know him in relationship. And we are known by him. As we draw closer to God, he reveals himself to us. As we experience him more in the pages, as we experience him in our lives, as we understand the relationship, he begins to reveal his heart to us and he connects to us. And in the process, he renews us by revealing more of himself to us. He renews our desires. He, we no longer desire what used to define us. We, we find that on the inside we're changing and we don't know how it's happening. Paul says there are things that we need to put to death. So how does this renewal happen? I love Jesus. I gave my life to him, but there's still so much of my life that's messed up. How does this happen? Well, we know how it happens. Because almost all of us have smartphones. We have smartphones. Imagine that your phone could only be updated if you went to a hotspot. Just imagine that. You don't have any cellular connection. If you're going to get updated, you've got to go to a hotspot. You could walk around all day in desperate need of change, trying to fix everything yourself, getting frustrated that your apps aren't working, and never stopping to connect to get things updated. They're working, but they're not helping you. You walk around all day complaining that God's not doing anything. 
And while you're complaining he's not doing anything, you're walking right past the next opportunity you have to connect with him and let him update and change who you are. And all the time you're going, you know what, if God really loved me, he'd fix all this stuff. Why am I operating in these old apps? I don't understand. And all throughout the day, all of us are passing by places where we have an opportunity to connect with God and he's everywhere and yet we never connect. We spend our days so focused on our problems, we never stop and turn it over to God. There are three requirements for your life to change in Christ. First, you have to have the latest and best operating system. You have to have surrendered your life to Christ and received the Holy Spirit. By surrendering to Jesus and what he did on the cross through faith. Second, you have to make a decision, a conscious decision to connect with God. You have to decide. Connecting with God is going to be a key part of my day. And third, when you connect with God, you've got to give him permission to make the changes. You see, many of us get stuck after the first step. We get the new operating system. We have a moment where we realize that we are sinners in need of a Savior, that our destiny is deservedly death, that Jesus came to die on the cross, resurrect, and pay the punishment for us, that he took our place. And we believe that in faith with every ounce of our being, and we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. And one of the ways we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit is he starts pointing to the apps you don't want to let go of. And he's like, we need to delete those. We need to change those. Well, no, I'll just go to church, and if I never connect, I'll never have my apps updated. I can keep the old ones. We're operating in Christ, but we're not connected to Christ. The apps we're still using desperately need to be changed because everybody can tell they're not working. You see, when you try to move them forward into this new operating system, they don't work anymore. All they do is mess everything up. And the change that needs to happen to us needs to be specific to us. The Holy Spirit gets to decide what gets updated, when it gets updated, how frequently it gets updated, and how much of a change to actually make. It's all done by God. An entirely new life full of God-sized experience, steps of incredible faith are ours to be had. We can see God do things in our lives we couldn't even imagine if we would just stop complaining and stop trying to fix everything ourselves. If we would just slow down, find a place, find a hot spot, connect to God, and then give Him permission to change whatever needs to be changed in us, we would experience the life that Christ had for us. Paul tells us many of us have downloaded apps we have to delete, and he lists them. Anger, lust, obscene talk, immorality, passion, idolatry, evil desire. Those are the apps of your life that don't work anymore. They're the apps of your old operating system that need to be not changed, deleted. Paul says they can't remain in the new system. It's not possible. You can't worship God with all of your heart and hold on to these things. You don't need to just move away from them. You need to kill them. You need to surrender and let me, Holy Spirit says, kill them for you. In fact, if these functions are operating in your new system, you probably don't have a new operating system. 
Okay? If you, so, uh, if you accept Christ, you think you've accepted Christ, and these things are still dominating your life after years of walking with him, if you've not any, seen any evidence of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, if you don't see these apps being changed, if you don't have a desire to connect to a hot spot or to read the word, you better challenge what operating system you're operating under. Because it's probably you 6.0. You tried to take God and make a new improved version of you, and that's not something he offers. Paul tells us in this passage, we have to kill them because we have died and risen with Christ. Our operating system is in Christ, and it's perfect. But our apps and programs still have faults. Each update removes the old and installs the new. Each day we're renewed. God changes apps. He does what he pleases. So as a believer in Christ, I have a perfect operating system. I am surrounded by hot spots everywhere, opportunities to open the word of God. Throughout my day, the Holy Spirit prompts me to slow down and get into the Word and think about the Word and think about Scriptures, and I'm too busy walking around trying to solve my problems. The hot spot that invites us to connect is the Word of God. The Word of God is open and waiting for us all over the place. The answers we're looking for are in the book. The things we need to take another step into uncertainty are in the book. The things that we need to change who we are and to be part of that, we have to get connected to God through His Word. His Word has power. His Word brings us into relationship with Him. It's not that we memorize God's Word and because of that knowledge we are now powerful. We're powerful because we've spent time in the Word and we know the one who wrote it. It's in the relationship that our power to change comes. The hot spot inviting us to connect is God's word. You have to decide to make a decision to connect. A spiritual coffee shop, if you will. A place where the word of God is open and you begin to connect with the writer. A place where me or you and the Holy Spirit and God's word can spend a few moments updating, Changing, changing your perspective, giving you new ideas, changing who you are. But entering into the hot spot's not enough. It's not as easy as just opening your Bible. The supernatural happens, God says, when you abide. We talked about this last week. When I decide to find the hot spot, open the Word of God, and then send out a signal that I'm ready to connect. You see, you don't just walk into a coffee shop and connect. Your phone might, but you won't. You connect when you make a decision to connect. We call that prayer. When we open God's word, we're in the place where God speaks. When we want to make the connection, we do so in prayer. Prayer is the Wi-Fi. Prayer is that, that message that goes up and the information that comes down and, and it's a constant dialogue back and forth. When you sit down in God's word and you begin to pray, you're telling God, look, I'm positioned, I'm here, I'm ready. Download it, change me, connect with me. I'm giving you 
permission to change who I am. Then the incredible continues. We connect to the throne of God through prayer. We're being invited into the presence of God in Christ and we begin to experience Him. Abiding in the Holy Spirit in the Word. We connect through Wi-Fi, which is prayer. Have you ever noticed, though, that when you look for Wi-Fi, there's always a lot of choices? You ever notice that? You pull up Wi-Fi and there's 50 choices. And you go, oh, that's what our neighbors are into. I didn't know that. And you get these choices, right? But what do you know about Wi-Fi? There's only one that has the strong connection that you have the password for. You see, a lot of people can open their Bibles, they can open the Word of God, and they can try to connect, but they're not connecting through the blood of Jesus, and they don't connect to God. They don't have the password. They connect to something similar, something that's a fake version of the real deal. Only one is for us, and we have the password. The password to our hotspot that connects us with God is the blood of Jesus. We come covered in His blood and His righteousness, and that's what allows us to connect through prayer and through the Word with the Father. Others will give us the latest secrets on how to connect, how to get free Wi-Fi, how to make a connection separate from the one we know we need. A lot of people use them, but they always seem to be searching for something else. But we are in Christ. And once the connection's solid, we allow the Holy Spirit to examine us. And we give permission for Him to determine whatever needs to be changed or updated. And we allow it to happen because we are abiding in relationship with Him. Last week I said that abiding is not about learning. Abiding is about experiencing a relationship while you're learning. Knowing that you're reading, but you're also experiencing Him in the process. Many Bible scholars have never connected to God's Wi-Fi because they have a different operating system. They read the Word of God, but they're reading it in their old operating system. They've never had faith in God. They try to convince you that there are many Wi-Fi choices that work, and that's what Paul warns us about. He's telling those at Colossians, people are coming telling you you can connect in lots of ways, but you can't. So in our passage today, I want to highlight five ways that God shows us how we connect. Five new apps that we need, if you will. The first one, we need to understand, we have a new master. Paul has been teaching that Jesus is preeminent. He's above all things. Everything was created by him and for him and through him. We see that in everything, in creation, in other people. But sometimes it's hard to see it in ourselves. When we say that he's above all things, that includes you. When he says that, that all things are created by him and for him, that is you in your life. You exist for him. You exist because of him. You were created through him and for him. He is your master. You have died. He now lives in you. Your life is hidden in him. So the first thing Paul wants those at Colossae to know is you have a new master you didn't stay in charge when you came into this new system. You have a new master. And what happens is, as we begin to understand and submit to the new master, do you know what happens? He becomes masterful in our lives. 
we see the incredible happen. Second thing we need to know, the second app, we have a new perspective. As we begin to understand our new master, our focus turns to him. Because Paul says, look, I need you to look up. I talked last night to the group about perspective. What he's saying in this passage is, I need you to look up. You're looking horizontally. I need you to focus on Christ and where he is in heaven. He's risen, he's reigning, he's renewing, and he's returning. You need to stay focused on him. Because we've been raised with Christ, our mind should be on things above, Paul says. Since we're no longer of this world, our thoughts should be towards home. Our minds should be renewed every day. Have you ever heard the term, someone is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? Paul argues if you don't have some heavenly mindedness in you, you're no earthly good at all. You have to have your mind set on Christ. We're not to escape from the world and disengage and just wait around for looking to the sky ready to fly. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. But we're also not supposed to live on earth and limit our perspective to what a bunch of unintelligent humans have decided. We're from another planet. We're on a different mission. We have a different operating system. We have a new perspective and a new master. The third thing is we have a new future. Because we have a new master and a new perspective, we see our future differently. Our future is not what happens here on earth. Paul says, and he reminds us in this passage, you're going to appear with him in glory. You're going to appear with Jesus, with Christ, in glory. It's not like, wow, I hope that happens. He's saying it's, it's going to happen. There's going to be a day. And you're going to stand around going, wow, I'm appearing with Christ in glory. Just like they said it would happen. Our future is secure. Every day we learn about God, we have less fears, less worries, less anxieties, because this is not our home. This is a waiting room for the show. And that changes everything. As we become renewed, we become less fearful of our future. Do you know why? Because whatever we need tomorrow, whatever we need a month from now, five years from now, will be in the new app. God will give it to us when we need it. He renews us and prepares us. The fourth thing, we have new values. We don't value the things we valued before. Because we have a new master and a new perspective and a new future, we have new values. As he lives in us, he begins to transform us. Paul says it this way. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You received a spirit of adoption as sons, in whom we cry, Abba, Father. In this passage, Paul gives us two lists. Things that were to kill, things that were to put to death, their sexual sins. And then things that we do when we desire others. And Paul says the wrath of God is coming because of these things. These are serious sins that need to be eliminated, not improved, not cleaned up, destroyed. The second list he gives are things that we are to rid ourselves of. They seem to be related to anger. Renewal involves letting go. We are being renewed. It's happening to us. And then the final thing is we have to realize we have a new self. 
You see, in our new life, we have a new master, a new perspective, a new future, new values. Why? Because we're new people. I wish I could get that settle in. I say it all the time. We come here and the entire world are humans trying to find a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a very temporary human experience in the life of eternity. We have a new self shaped by a growing knowledge of who Jesus is. Our old self has died. It doesn't even exist anymore. Our new self doesn't come as a result of our successful transformation by overcoming temptation. That's not what we're called to do. Paul does not urge the Colossians to change their lives for the better. He does not tell them to reform their ways or to make modifications to make themselves better people. We're not supposed to have some cosmic makeover of our old personality. Our need to get rid of sin is not to be accomplished with a bunch of minor repairs. We're not just giving up a few vices here. This is not a makeover. I wish I could just plant that in all of our brains. When you surrendered to Christ, you did not join a makeover. Not even an extreme makeover. You joined a demolition crew. And a construction crew. The old you is being demolished. The new you is being built. Brick by brick, faith by faith, step by step. Our whole nature has to be exchanged. Our whole foundation has to be replaced. You're not just demolished. You need a new foundation. We need to do the whole thing. The passive verb means it's not from our effort. Not self-will, not willpower, not determination or self-actualization. Renewal comes from only one thing, being connected in Christ. If you're not connected in Christ, if you're going past all the hotspots, all the Wi-Fi, that book stays shut, you never pray, you never get renewed, your old apps are going to take over. And you're never going to experience the life that God has for you, that Jesus died for. He's renewing us in his image. So, just like my phone, every day we're being renewed through our knowledge and our time with Christ. Paul reminds those at Colossae, you got to position yourself. There's going to be voices that come. There's going to be false teaching that comes. You won't hear them if you're in the hot spot connected in prayer. We have the password. We have the connection that works. We have to decide to connect and we've got to give permission to be changed. Total makeover. New creation in Christ. Daily lessons learned. All apps up to date for what we need today. You haven't become the person you're going to become. But every day, as you surrender to Christ, he makes you a little bit more like that. And he gives you what you need every day. Jesus said, I am the word. I am the manna from heaven. I'm going to give you just enough for today. Feed on it. Nurture it. Grow tomorrow, it'll come again. The word of God. We just celebrated Jesus giving up his flesh for us through the bread. The word of God is what we're to feed on every day. And he'll give you what you need for today because he expects tomorrow you'll be there ready to receive again. But you know, you can miss it. It's available to you if you position yourself, but... 
You can decide to not delete the old apps. You can decide not to let God change you. You can decide not to open the book. You can decide to walk right past all the opportunities God gives you all day long to connect with him. So the question for us to think about as we leave today, what about you? Do you know your master? Is he masterful in your life? Because he promises to be. So let me just give you another truth. If Jesus is not masterful in your life as a believer in Christ, it's not because he's failed. Some here don't know Jesus as their master. You don't understand yet what this is all about. You don't really fully understand that Jesus died to make us new people, that we come here to celebrate that. And if that's you, I would love to talk to you after the service is over. Some here are following Christ, but we know, you know, that you're carrying around some old apps and you can't remember the last time you connected through Wi-Fi and actually engaged with Christ. Yeah, you come to church. Yes, you serve. You say all the right things, but you spend your entire day worried, anxious, and walking past all the opportunities God has given you to open that book and change your life. Some here, and some listening online, I'm sure, are still carrying around sexual immorality, lust, evil desires, slander, malice, and other things. And if those things are still prominent in your life and you haven't made a step towards overcoming them, you're either not giving God permission or you need to think about what your operating system is. You gotta put them to death. But many have been trying to manage their old apps with their own willpower and self-control. Been trying to renew yourself and it's not going real well. The apps that you need to change, you know you can't change. They're not up to date. They're an old operating system. So you're not changing. You're not connected to him. You're going through the motions, but your heart is dry. I want to encourage you to do something. No matter where you are, there's one answer here. Stop what you're doing. Open the word of God. Pray to God. Connect with him. Come in the name and blood of Jesus humbly and ask God to do whatever he wants to do in your life to make you into the person he wants you to be so you'll be prepared for today. Over time, because you see the fruit of that action, that's why I'm always saying, the more you surrender, the more you're transformed. Our entire focus has got to be about surrendering. As he changes us, it becomes easier and easier to be there. The more you walk past the opportunities God gives you every day to connect with him, the easier it is to keep walking past. That's why I'm so passionate about this series. If you open this book, if you can understand, if you can just see some lists and some repeats and notice some verb tenses, maybe you'll stay there long enough to begin to pray. And maybe your prayer sounds just like, what does that mean? Why is that list there? You're praying, you just don't know it. And that gives the Holy Spirit a chance to say, well, that's funny, you should notice that. Here's what we want to do. That list is yours. You're still doing those things. I am? Yes, you are. You've deceived yourself. And you begin having a dialogue with God and you begin to experience God. And that was supposed to happen many times a day, but for the last year, two years, three years, five years, you've been walking past all those hot spots and wondering why you're dry. So each day we come to Jesus, humbly submitted, heart connected, ready to learn, ready to surrender, 
And in the process, the most incredible thing happens. He begins to show us how much he loves us. How desperately he wants us not to be the person we used to be. How desperately he wants us to see the things that no mind can conceive, no eye has seen, that he has for those who love him. He's crying out to you and me, will you please, please let me make you into the person I created you to be. He keeps telling us how much he loves us, and we keep going, no, no, stop, stop. And he just keeps pouring it out on us. If you're walking around today and you don't feel the love of a very masterful Jesus in your life, there's only one reason. You're not connecting. Because he promises that if you do, you will find him. You will be renewed. The truth will be known and the truth will set you free. Let's pray. God, I thank you that your coverage is everywhere. You're right here in this moment. There's nowhere we run that you're not there. No place we can go where we can't connect with you. We studied it in the Jonah series, in the belly of a fish, thousands of feet under the water. We can still pray. We can still connect. There's nowhere on your planet, nowhere in your universe where you don't reign, hold it together, watch us, care about us, love us, and wait to meet with us. God, forgive us when we're so self-absorbed, often blaming you for the things that have happened because we refuse to connect with you. God, break our hearts until we have to connect with you. Do whatever is necessary in our lives to make us broken people who desperately cry out to a very real God. God, I thank you for this series. I thank you for these incredible people that you love so much. I thank you that you didn't leave us where we are, that every day you're renewing us. Every day you're making us a little bit better than we were yesterday, a little more prepared. So God, use what we've taught here today, use the worship that we've done to prepare us for today. And then tomorrow, God, we're gonna meet with you again and you'll prepare us for tomorrow. And we'll keep doing that every day until you come back. And if it's your will, Lord, we'll return here on Wednesday and Saturday and Sunday and we'll keep doing this. Thank you, Jesus, for not leaving us where we are. Thank you for doing the work for us. Lord, help us just to surrender and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.